Welcome to Discover Your Destiny podcast, where we believe that your life is not an accident. You have a destiny, and we want to help you discover it, pursue it, and fulfill it. And now, here's your host for today, Dima Barishnikov. Welcome back to Discover Your Destiny podcast. And let's continue with our interview. Just um, shifting our conversation a little bit from from your personal life to just police work in general with growing tensions in this country and, um, you know, sometimes tension between the police and the communities where they serve in. What can police do to minimize those tensions and to build bridges with the, the communities that they serve? Well, um, I, I see it as kind of a, a three, kind of a three prong testing process. Um, the, the formula is simple for me, and it, it might be overly simplified, but I mm-hmm. think if you stick to the basics, it works better. So when, when I'm in a situation, and I've been through a number of cycles in my career where there is tension mm-hmm. on a national level. Yeah and maybe a local level because of some interaction the police have had or some incident that's occurred. I've also done enough investigations to know there is always another side to the story. Mm -hmm. And often these conflicts happen because part of the story is out. Um, If the whole story gets out, it's it's more understandable. Mm So, so part of the way that story gets out is we invite people to see what we do as officers. We can do ride-alongs. Uh, I, I did probably a hundred or more in my time mm-hmm. as, as a police officer. I would have people in the community come ride to see what we do, mm-hmm. and then they see those moments where there is a struggle. I, I had a buddy that that had his wife riding with them mm-hmm. one night and she'd never ridden with them before and when she did um, he got into a, a struggle with a guy and he and another officer ended up really having to hold this guy down mm-hmm. to get him handcuffed and they finally did and he walked back to the car feeling like he had done his job and done it well. He gets in and his wife says, I think you're a little bit rough on him. <laughs> and, and he thought, what? I wasn't rough on him yeah. at all. Um, Karen, before we got married, she rode with me. Yeah. And there were times where I would interact with somebody. And I'll tell you one that I remember specifically. We went to a, a call and there had been some kind of a conflict in this lady's life, Mm -hmm. the the person that she'd had the conflict with left. There was not a crime, but I gave her some advice on how to handle that situation. She happened to have a a small child at home. Uh, I recall him being five or six. Um, Karen worked for a pharmaceutical company at the time, and she wanted to get some gifts that she had Mm -hmm. and go back and deliver them kind of um, 
toys or balls mm-hmm. or that sort of thing. And when she did that, that little boy's face lit up mm-hmm. to to, um, to go and to see a conflict and then ultimately leave the situation better than we found it. But to have people ride and to see what we do yeah. and to see those challenges. And then I tell my officers, I want you to go into the community and see see them in their turf, on their mm-hmm. turf, in their setting. See what they are challenged with. Mm-hmm. Don't make an arrest and never go back to that house again. Go back and see them in different circumstances. Mm-hmm. Let them know you care. So see our citizens when they're not only doing something that gets the attention of the police, but when things are going well. Mm -hmm. We do um, a community cleanup. Mm -hmm. That's actually how we met. Yes. You brought a large contingency from Destiny Christian Fellowship. Yes. And we went into the community and did service. So for us to do that, we're, we're not only serving the community without any expectation of anything in Mm -hmm. return. We are seeing them in a slightly different setting as they would law enforcement. It gives us a different bond. Mm -hmm. So, so that is critical. And I think the, the, the last thing um, for all of us is to really look for opportunities in all facets of our community to serve. Mm I mentioned one that Destiny has been so good to do. Uh, I'll give you a a slightly different one. With this unrest, Mm -hmm. one of the things that happened, uh, and I'll use the, um, one of those key moments was the the tragedy with George Floyd Mm -hmm. in, in Minneapolis. When that occurred, a lot of people across our nation really wanted to express themselves. Mm -hmm. Some communities uh, had people that did that by creating chaos. Mm -hmm. They attacked others. They attacked the police. They Mm -hmm. burned things. They damaged things. Um, In some ways, folks made that and other situations into a racial conflict. Mm-hmm. We had an assembly mm-hmm. in our community. We actually had a series of assemblies, but this one particular night, um, it seemed to have more energy than other assemblies. I had decided as as the, the chief of police that we were going to be present, but we were not going to be so visible Mm -hmm. that we became a lightning rod, a target, or an impediment to people being able to express themselves. So we stayed in the shadows. This one particular night was probably the night we had the most potential for things to get out of hand. Mm -hmm. Not only did it not get out of hand, but I heard singing, I heard community members being supportive, Mm -hmm. not only of the community, of specific races, but us in general. And at the end of it, um, as people left that assembly with no problems, no 
issues whatsoever. Um, a group of young people passed my car and I recognized mm -hmm. several of them as members of Destiny Christian Fellowship yeah. Church. And when I saw them, of influence. Amen. Amen. It's, um, well, thank you for sharing this. I, I don't think you, you shared this with me. That's first time I've heard that. And that's um, kind of blesses my heart to hear this about people from our church. Um, what I what I hear from you, I wish everybody would think along the uh, these lines. Sometimes people want to emphasize the problems, but they don't want to be a part of a solution. I always asking asking people, okay, I understand that your criticism is a legitimate your problem, but how you going to be part of a solution? Right. And I think everyone can contribute, even if it's a in in a small way to becoming a solution. And I think, and many people in this community would agree with me that you chose as a chief of police to be a part of a solution. Right. You met with the community. So I, I, I wasn't one of the meetings with you. I saw how you conducted yourself. And, and, uh, um, so, um, you decided to be, to be a, a person that said, okay, I may not be able to solve this big problem on a national level, but I can try to help solve this problem here where I am and uh, right here in Brevard, and you became part of a solution. And what I heard from you here, um, so as, as a lesson for all of us to learn that, become part of a solution right. and be involved in people's lives. Like you went, you went to the house uh, of, uh, of that person and you saw that kid, you didn't have to come back. You didn't have to give gifts. You did, that was an extra mile, but you decided I want to be involved in that person's life, not just fulfilling my duty as a police officer. I have a job description and I just do a minimum requirements on the job description. And I, I check those boxes. I've done the job. Now I can go home. It takes more than that. It, it, it's, it's going an extra mile. And I, and I, uh, and you chose to do that in, in your career. And I, and I, that's one of the things I admire, uh, about you. Um, and so your, your career spans more than four decades. It's a long time to dedicate, you know, that, that time to one career, one calling, 42 years. What, and as you, you getting ready to retire, what do you want to teach young police officers about the importance of police work? If you had to go back, or if you could travel back and just talk to the younger you, what would you like them to know? Well, um, one of the things I've learned in my career is that God ordains government authorities. 
And it's hard to believe when you look at some of the governments that have yeah. been in place over history. We spoke briefly yeah. about what's going on in Ukraine. Yeah. It's hard for me to rationalize that um, that Vladimir Putin was placed there by God. Yeah. But government authorities are placed yeah. in a position for yeah. the time by our God who has a bigger plan. And as long as they're not telling us to do something that is contrary to God's yeah. word, we're to follow that. So I see Romans 13 in, in three different ways. There's a responsibility on the citizen to follow yeah. the government authority as long as it's right, yeah. as long as it is not counter to God's word. Yes. That takes me to the officer. It is critical for the officer to do what they do in a respectful and, from my perspective, a Christ-like manner. Yeah. Because if you do, you are setting the right tone in that situation. And then if they do that, if both sides say, I'm going to, in a sense, be humble and submit, then they are going to look for ways to serve each other, their community, mm -hmm. and take that to that next level. We're only here for a few short decades, if God yeah. allows. We're going to we're going to spend eternity either separated from God or with God in heaven. And that's ultimately what is going to matter. What we do between now and then is going to have an influence on people around us. Yeah. So um, I would I would say to those younger officers and a younger me, do the right thing. You sleep better at night. No. You're ordained by God. Don't you want to be ordained because no. you're doing the right thing? No. And look for opportunities to care because no. when you're gone, what you leave behind no. as a legacy is largely how you served others, not how you served yourself. Mm -hmm. well, that's, that's well put. Um, it's hard to understand why God allows for some things to happen. And uh, God um, wants us to be humble, walk in humility, follow Him, and uh, obey the authorities. I, I agree with you until that contradicts His Word and, and, and our faith, like Peter and John were standing before religious authorities and, and they said, we forbid you to speak in the name of Jesus. And they said, well, we'd rather obey God than, than man. You know, at this point, you know, you choose God's side. So, um, and, and as we experience in cultural pressure today to act a certain way or to be uh, politically correct here or um, for us as followers of Christ, our faith has to be that uh, major um, uh, major driving factor and, and say, 
for us as we face in situations, it's not what's popular today. It's okay. Is that something God want me to do? And that, that would be the right thing, do the right thing, All you right. know? So, and have, uh, but it's important, I think, for people to have the set of guiding values. You had that. That was your faith. You had set of guiding values. That was a foundation, you know? Yeah. And when people don't have it, it's hard because then, then what is a standard? That's basically, you really have to rely that on just going by the book, what you, how you've been trained as a police officer. But I think it's so much easier and much more helpful if you have the set of that, those guiding principles and values Amen. within you. Amen. Um, so, um, so what, what, what would you like as we kind of come into the end here, what would you like your kids generation, uh, to see in you and in people, um, in other people in police, police uniform? Well, um, when I think of that younger generation, I, I have a daughter that's 25, a son that's 23. Mm -hmm. They're both in the working world. Yeah. And what makes me most humble about them is that through God's direction, through His blessing, Karen and I have been able to depart what we learned through Christ yeah. to them. Both of them are born-again believers, and nothing else ultimately will matter. But what I would want everybody at that generation, and in all generations, but particularly in younger generation to know, is that it's not about what this world has to offer. Yeah. It's about your faith. When all of this is gone, nothing is going to matter. But did you accept Christ as your Savior? The rest of it is going to melt away. Um, and, and kind of a theme that I started with in my career here, and I'll bring it up again. At my swearing in, <clears throat> I had a local minister mm -hmm. pray over, um, over the ceremony. Um, the late Pastor Frederick Gordon from um, Bethel A. Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I chose a verse that I said to the community, I will model this as nearly as I can. It's Micah 6, 8. And, it's, and the verse is, He has shown you, O mortal, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly mm -hmm. with your God. I want, I want my family to look at me and say, that's who he was. Mm -hmm. I'd like our community to see that, not only in me, but in our police department. Yeah, yeah. See them serving, do justice, walk humbly. That's very well put. I love this passage uh, from the book of Micah. Um, so, as I understand, you kind of, uh, after 42 years in law enforcement, you kind of come in near your retirement. 
Um, do you have any plans after you retire? I know that you need to take some time off, you know, after 42 years and kind of, um, take a so-called sabbatical and, uh, and, uh, uh, and rest, but any plans, what would you like to do in the near future? Any goals, uh, that you would like to share with us? Well, sure. Um, Karen and I have been married almost 28 years. Uh, she is, uh, I think our families rock yeah. in a lot of ways. She is uh, our, our, our family's glue that has held it together. Mm-hmm. She's had to be supportive of my career or I couldn't have done what I've done. And uh, she has done a phenomenal job through God's blessing of growing our family and teaching our kids who Christ is. Mm -hmm. Um, So largely here in retirement, she has the control of what happens next. And we've talked about a bunch of possibilities, but the very basic story is this. Um, We recently sold our home. Mm -hmm. We expect to downsize. We are imagining that next location with um, one child in New York and one in Raleigh. It's going to be a challenge if we want to place ourselves near the kids. Mm -hmm. And maybe that was their design Mm -hmm. to um, be a little cryptic about the future and not put down roots quite. Let's wait and see what mom and dad do before yeah. we put down roots. But um, we're gonna we're gonna find our next yeah. home. Um, we don't have to work. Um, God's blessed us in in a way that we are capable of actually full retirement. I know from talking to a lot of people that often that doesn't happen. Yeah. You've got to do something. We've talked about small business. Mm -hmm. We've talked about some kind of ministry where we're serving uh, those people that are more vulnerable than the average person. Um, I imagine unwinding for a period of time, maybe um, doing some writing. Yeah. Certainly getting more... In depth in God's word, because mm-hmm. the older I get, the more valuable that becomes to me. So that's kind of a hodgepodge yeah. of what the future. Yeah, has. I, I know when you, I don't think you will be able to get away from service, uh, uh, from finding some way to serve people. I don't think you will be able to get away from it. So God, God will lead you to that next thing, uh, because we. We'll retire. We retire from our careers, but we never retire from our calling. Um, like you, you told me before when we talked about you going into the law enforcement. You said, "Well, I can bring my ministry there. I can be the minister there." So after retirement, you're still a minister. Amen. So there's uh, God will open the door um, somewhere else. So. Um, 
I really wish you the best, be praying for you. I believe God will open the door. And he has that new stage for you and Karen, and uh, he has prepared something for you uh, because he has some, um, hopefully many years ahead of you that you can still be fruitful in your work for the Lord and, and serve others and impact uh, many lives. And I want to thank you so much for being with us here today. It's always a joy for, uh, for me to spend time with you. And, uh, and I know that uh, people will be encouraged by what you said today. So I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Well, I thank you and I thank the members of Destiny Christian Fellowship Church for all the support you've shown our police department, our community, and me personally over the years. So um, I send that right back to yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you. Th thank you, Chief. I really appreciate uh, friendship. And thank you, everybody, who joined us uh, to, uh, today. I hope you will join us next time. And until then, please always remember, your life is not an accident. You have a destiny. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that you are inspired and encouraged. If you have questions, comments, and would like to stay in touch, please write us at connect at destinycarolina.com. We hope you'll join us next time. May God bless you and always remember, your life is not an accident. You have a destiny.